0: You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.
1: are live my name is chris denman and i've got the jv squad in with me today great guest here in just a minute uh, i gotta tell you go to presence float center get your float on in town and country's little sensory deprivation great sponsor of ours here at we are live use promo code w a l for a ten dollar discount jeff jones is in what's up jeff i was gonna go with bob bregg for the fake name today oh,
2: yeah we well i didn't ask you so
1: oh and carly, carly. yeah she, oh, oh shania sorry. twain and shania twain's in <laughs> our special guest today Manny Fresh. Manny Fresh! Cash Money Man himself, Ben Hockman from the Post Dispatch. What's up, man? Good hey, to see you. Hey, this is
3: awesome. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Uh A little nicer feel than uh, when you get on the radio, you feel like oh, people are in their car. We can kind of relax here at Shock City.
3: Oh, no question about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Pass um, the Cavassier.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, ben is a journalist for the Post Dispatch. Came back from Denver. Gosh, almost two years ago now? Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm from here originally, Clayton High School. Yeah. And, yeah, two, 2015. 2015,
1: you're back. How's it feel to be back in 2017?
3: I mean, it's surreal. Uh, I mean, my whole life's changed in a way. Uh, I lost 25 pounds, met a girl, got married, um... You know, there you go. Got got the dream job, and I got to meet you. And right. Well, I was gonna say, nah, all keep going to say it in there. All Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So there's hope for me still. Yeah. yeah you can make wow. it happen. Wow. <laughs> Let's, come on, Carly. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: I, I was excited to get you in here because it was like, okay, well, we have you on. Our friends at vess are uh, slowly but surely finalizing that uh, they're part of our program and, and making you a part of that. But then being able to talk to you, I know you've probably told your story 700 times, but... I don't know, wanted to talk a little Cardinals, a little sports, but at the same time, there are so many interesting things. And I feel like we have like... Ten connections to each other sure. from Columbia or St. Louis or wherever. Tinder. We yeah, well, there is that as well. <laughs> yeah, Tinder as well. <laughs> as for man, being single in St. Louis, there are a lot of nurses available oh on, yeah. on dating apps. Yeah. Jeff, How about that? Yeah, <laughs> of that? Oh,
3: I have a dating app story I can tell a Let's later. hear it. I love well, it. all I know is 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 that so my my wife and I, Angela, we were like, we I had this idea. We're like, we're
1: Highlighted gonna... in the New York Times, by the way. Congratulations yeah. on well, the uh, the spread.
3: If I mean we tried to get it the, the only way that happened, we were in the New New York Times it was really cool. We tried to get in the St. Louis Jewish Light, which is A the best Jewish newspaper in St. Of Louis. Of course. B the smallest newspaper in the United States. Yes. So we reached out it's, it's a big deal for my family, you know, getting the in the paper. Absolutely. You know? It's a weekly paper. So we reach out to them. They liked our story so much. Uh, they reached out to the biggest newspaper in the world yeah. the New York Times and so we were in two newspapers the <laughs> smallest in the country and the biggest in the country Jewish Light and New York the Times the Jewish
1: Light which is famous for featuring Yale Hollander a few weeks before Ooh. on the cover Lindenwood
3: Hollander of course
1: Lindenwood yeah. Hollander he I wore do. a Lindenwood shirt the other night That's at our comedy fun. show yeah,
0: I, I have to mention it because Chris made fun of me this morning for thinking that you would be excited but I went to protzels yesterday for lunch because I missed the East Coast so
3: much well I mean all right, this is this has turned into a- a ben Hockman showing off fast, <laughs> which I love. Of no, course, no. Um, but it, so again, like I'm big in the in the late '60s, early '70s Jewish community. Like that's you're a I'm star. Big. So guess who's getting his own sandwich at Pranzel's?
2: Get out of oh! here! Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh my god! Is there gosh. litter spread on it? Uh, not yet. Okay. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> you caught me on a, right, a good day. Like we're still you know figuring it out, but yeah? I, I want to have a potato knish cut in half. Opened up pastrami on top, uh, some spicy mustard. Close that thing. Oh, what's the Ben Hockman pastrami on? Condition. I will
0: go there every day for was lunch say, until I'll, I fall over. Uh, I so, will, like until October,
1: I'll eat Hockman's all day long right on that side. <laughs> I love like, excuse me, friggin', Sam, forget <laughs> <like the laughs> <expert. laughs> We it. We're gonna keep it Just clean today for the post dispatch.
3: Well, right. uh, we're talking about dating apps, real quick. I'll make a quick. I know we're yes. oh, we're talking about real stuff, um, like actual journalism and all. Um... So I had this idea. My, I told my wife, she goes, this is genius. We have a friend, Evan, a uh, female, actually, and, and she's uh, hopelessly single and you know, wants, to, wants to find a guy. And she was telling us about this date she went on. She's like, oh, ah, I just didn't work out. I I, uh, he never called me. I, I swear, if, we could, if I just had a second date, she said, if I just had a second date, um, I think I could have done well. So Benjamin Hockman comes up with two date minimum. Two date minimum. It's I Tinder, like that. It's the whole thing, except you agree before the first date to go on a second date, regardless.
1: So there's no bailing out early. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you're then, like, and you then gotta, you can, you're gonna have to come back and face this person, right?
3: And you can relax on the date. You're not worried about like like me when I was single. I'm like I take like spoons out and so like playing songs on the glass. Right. It's like, like try to entertain <laughs> them. I'm all nervous. It's and, in your
1: head. You know, knees weak, arms ready. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, spaghetti. I did enjoy spaghetti. that.
0: Yeah. I, I saw Carly's face when you said Maka two date Pfeiffer. minimum. What percentage of of First dates, do you want to go to a second date? Ooh, a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> when, when he said two day minimum, you were like, You got this look that to me said, I don't
3: want to go on a second no, date. No, it was these more people. like,
2: Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, I,
3: missed, right. I don't know anything. So, so I, I might, so I'll just ask you, Carly, yeah, how much do you think it costs to make an app? Because I didn't know. Like, if you, if I said, gun your head, how much does it cost to make an app? What would you say? A hundred dollars. All right, well, that's, I, I guess, like. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah, I, I dollars functional. 10. Yeah. So Angela, you would have said ten grand. 10. 10 grand. Right. I would have said two. My my two. wife knows That's a guy. I'm going with that. I'll take one dollar, Bob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my wife uh, set, sets us up with the uh, the guy. You know the, the yeah. internet guy, the app guy, and I, I make my pitch to to date minimum, and uh, we talk, and he's like, I love it. Oh my god. I'm like, this is like my. I'm like, I'm I'm morphing into Mark Zuckerberg while sitting there, right. Like I'm gonna be a. You're, you're already
1: planning where your philanthropic uh, plans are gonna go. Yeah. You're like, you know,
3: I could technically own the Jewish life. Yeah, Like yeah. that's something I could do. Which uh which island will I buy? Correct. You know, uh, and, and so all these things are going through my head, and he's loving, it. he goes, I'll send you a pitch. I'll send you the, the whatever. I'm like, all right, so a week goes by, two weeks go by, the email pops up, and it's gonna be how much it's gonna cost. I click it open. Again, I'm thinking one, two thousand dollars, twenty-nine thousand seven hundred dollars. <laughs> Is that mostly commission for? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was don't gonna know. say no. But I, mean, um, I mean, I I just couldn't interest? believe it. Like, I was thinking, like, That's maybe, insane. maybe three thousand. You know, maybe right. I ask my mom for a couple dollars. You know, <laughs> mom, can you help me out? Like, right, twenty nine thousand seven hundred dollars to start this app. He was gonna write stories all
0: summer long to pay for this app. Okay, <laughs> right. so, how many inches of cardinal coverage equates to twenty nine thousand? I know, right? <laughs> Golly, I,
1: it's weird because you could probably make that argument where they're like, you stand to make a million in the first year, and it needs to be scalable and. Functional and all that stuff, but right. that seems steep, man. Yeah, well, I didn't do it. So. Yeah. But,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: but so now someone listening. Copyright. Right. copyright. Yeah. It's, copyright. it's copyrighted. <laughs> to it's copyrighted
1: Oh man. Copyright. So let's get into this. So what? So you were at Mizzou. Our friend, uh Thatcher Cayman. Sure, my always, pledge son. Oh, he was your pledge son. Always let you know. Do you have a connection? It was Tim Convy
3: at Mizzou when you were? No, but my buddy Brad Lamers, uh, I grew up with Brad Lamers up till sixth grade. We okay. used to play Blades of Steel on yeah. Nintendo at his house. Of course. Hockey. Uh, hockey. That's a hockey game. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Brad then went to Priory. Okay. Because uh, he's fancy. And, and that's where Tim's, he met Tim Tim's elite.
1: Yeah, he went to Priory yeah, as totally.
3: well. So that, that's how I met Tim Convy, And he's funny. He's, oh my goodness. Very funny One guy. of the funnier Convys I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. He's up yeah. there.
1: His sister's pushing him. She's yeah. nipping at his heels. Sure. Uh, so Mizzou. Where'd you go after, you've spent time in
3: New Orleans, Orleans. Denver, and how was New Orleans? Oh my God, I'm, well, I was, I was talking off air about how I used to be fat, New Orleans. (laughs) I mean, I mean, everything is fried. It's so good. It's unbelievable. It's, it, I lived there from 2002 to 2007 and you know, you drink, you eat, you write. It was just an amazing time. Now Hurricane Katrina hit. Yeah. That sucked. <laughs> Great point. That was bad. Yes, uh, but the, the, nothing necessarily good came out of it. But I was able. I wrote my first book uh, about Hurricane Katrina and the love of football. Yes. in uh, New Orleans and how these these uh, community the community found football and the whole thing. Uh, so that was a for me. That was a. a, a, a I was proud. To Did write you that. do you
1: feel at home in New Orleans? Just because there is so there are so many similarities between St. Louis and New Orleans. I mean, I don't know if that that was apparent to you at the time. I'm sure you were just pumped to be in New Orleans.
3: Right, right. No, honestly, only when I came back to St. Louis. St. St. Louis, which I love, of course, is fascinating because I when you grow up you're 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 fourteen you're 13 you're you're, you're correct a kid. you don't
1: know the bars to hit right. the wine bar you don't know any of that stuff mm-hmm. the social life you're like yeah go to the movies and maybe the mall right or the know.
3: Applebee's by the Esquire exactly like, you know. I, I
0: will I will say this and this was perhaps the best parenting thing that my parents did when I was a kid mm. my dad always worked either he was in Clayton where there now was a target or downtown in the Met Square building and like especially in the summer maybe once a month or so he would have my sister and I come meet him for lunch and they would take us. To like really divey, like South City-ish kind of places, right? Nice. And play it up as a big thing. So then, growing up, like I have this appreciation for. Okay, like I'm 17 and I know where O'Connell's is, right? Yeah, so I can like yeah. figure that out. <laughs> that was cool. definitely a cool thing.
3: Yeah, shout out to the Joneses. Hey, I got to right. keep up with them. I no, mm, no, no, I hate myself. Ben. delete that. Ah. Yeah. Delete yeah. that. We At gotta Sam, edit that. mark that day. <laughs> You always see that on the uh, on like the Tonight Show, or whatever. You the person like, oh, we'll edit that out. And yeah, never like, do it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's so quirky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're in New Orleans. Hurricane yeah. Katrina leads to a book. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you gonna are you gonna continue writing books? When's the when's yeah. the next book?
3: Uh, I have one coming out in April of 2018. It's called The Big Fifty. It's 50 essays about the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Look at you. Yeah,
3: it's really it's a really cool experience. Um, I'm writing it now, and the idea is like each essay. But clearly, there's an Aussie one, there's a Stan music one, but then there's there's silly ones too. Like I'm doing a whole one, a whole chapter about Tom Lawless's bat flip from I Saw you
1: tweeting about.
3: That. Yeah, you know, I'm, <laughs> That's I'm obsessed. Great. Yeah, and then uh, you know that one guy.
0: Yes. Yeah. Todd, yeah. Thomas. Todd, Todd Thomas. Todd Thomas. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. So uh, Todd Thomas is the guy at the Cardinal games who has the microphone. He goes, "Let's talk to the fans between the <laughs> innings." And yes, he's been doing it since 1996, yeah. which may hardly be the year you were born. Right,
1: yeah.
0: Close.
3: Yeah, yeah. close. <laughs> no, I mean, that was like a compliment. But yeah, like, yeah he's, been, he's been doing it for for 21 seasons, so I had lunch with him, and uh, he had these amazing stories, and, and so stories like that uh, intertwined with like, the the stuff. And that's what, you,
1: you do a great job of that in your columns for the Post This Batch, nice. and bringing in St. Louis, we get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes in uh, sanctity and <laughs> issues that involve things that not everybody's comfortable with and sure. all these things so I was like turning in whether it's you we were just talking about it doing a Profile on Zach uh, Zach Freeman, sure. MMA fighter. Or the next day, you're looking for a uh, a vendor Can't from find the '90s. Them. Can't you find still them. haven't
3: found. it. Let's make a shout out if anybody knows. As and, and yeah, the- Marlon or Marion, as you said the last time I was on your radio show, Marlon or Marion. Mm-hmm. One, or the, it's one or the other because I couldn't tell. It, it was on his name tag M A R, and then there was like a like a line, right. which I thought was an I, but then someone thought it was a, a messed a lowercase L in there. Yeah. Anyway, he was the guy in the 1990s who would walk around and say, anybody want a soda and a free straw? (laughs) And for nine-year-old any of us, we're like, that's comedy. That's comedy. (laughs) This guy gets it. (laughs) Josh Blue, he's nothing. He's he's a nobody. But but Marion or Marlon, that is comedy. He's
1: bringing the heat. So first of all, you had to never think that you, okay, so you're in New Orleans, right? So Mm -hmm. you, you have a great experience there. Make your way to Denver New Orleans So New Orleans
0: Saints beat
3: Pelicans beat Uh, Early on I was covering Tulane I I did a lot of the sports But then I became An uh, NBA beat writer
0: So with the Pelicans That was right about When they were Like I'm bad at the NBA They were coming to New
3: Orleans So yeah It was the the Hornets And then Hurricane Katrina hits Right I moved to Oklahoma City for half the year because that's where the the yeah. New Orleans Oklahoma City Hornets were, right. and I, I covered the NBA for um, many years. Because then I we went to Denver right, as Nuggets writer, and so I might have crossed paths with with you, Carly.
2: There's, yeah, yeah, that's very possible. You guys
3: recognize each other? I might have gazed awkwardly. There's at a you lot in of Jews. Two, I've met a lot of Jews in my life. So
1: <laughs> there you go, Carly. Congratulations. Thank you. So okay, so you make your way to Denver. And then, I don't know, was the goal the whole time to get back to St.
3: Louis? No, the the goal the whole time was... So many jokes are going through my head that right. I, I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> I yep. guess I should just say what the actual goal was, which was to become a sports columnist. Sure. And uh, I just like, I love the idea of being one of the sports voices of a city, uh, getting to be creative, getting to share my opinions, of course. And so that was my, my goal. So I, I moved to Denver to become the Denver Nuggets beat writer with an eye on getting the columnist gig. Right. And I was fortunate to get that at age 33, which was kind of neat. Thing and, it's huge, uh, yeah. I mean, because they're mostly like like 66 year olds, of you know, course. They, and, they, and then Denver, old,
1: too, which has just been, I mean, well, obviously, since the marijuana boom, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's been growing, yeah, just it's just been Pun going intended, up. Rapidly. Yeah. No, but, they, but they've nice. they have all, four,
3: they have all four sports teams plus the University of Colorado, it's a, it's a big sports scene. My favorite contribution to their newspaper, though, was my NBA blog, which I called the NBA the National Burger Adventure.
1: Look at you! And wow. I was
3: so I would go to these NBA games. I'd go to Memphis. I'd go to New York. I, and I would write about my favorite cheeseburger that I had in that city. And it it kind of, it kind of like a cult following, you know, Of the, course, I had
0: dozens, literally dozens of clicks uh, on these. I was going to say at least twenty to twenty three. I read again. it. That's awesome. Have either of you two gone burger hopping in Denver? I've oh, never. I've never done. Any I've, been time to, outside I've been to of Cherry it. Cricket. I did yep. the. I did the. I did the dartboard. It was
3: pretty fantastic. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. My favorite one that I wrote. Um, I always said I wanted this on on my tombstone uh, when I die, but now that I have, not like, the frozen pizza. <laughs> touche. Uh, yeah. but now that I have uh, you know, a wife, I probably have like ben, or Angela's husband, <laughs> beloved <or whatever>. husband, <laughs> or Angela. Yeah. beloved yeah. aunt, like yes. on, uh, Larry David <laughs> <laughs> or Kurt Which, uh,
1: by yeah. the way, you're <laughs> you're slowly becoming a St. Louis. Like, I mean, you're not you're not grumpy enough, but. but. You do a show for your newspaper where you drive around in a car. Yeah. Right. So that's Seinfeld
3: esque. Oh, yeah. You're
1: really, you're the sandwich thing that's coming in. I like your chances. Oh, of, thank you. Thank of you. Of kind yeah. of making your way to that.
3: Yeah. La- last night, I at the Cardinal game, I was sitting there and I was I was uh, giving my list of uh, pet peeves at the Cardinal game. Like, <laughs> and, you know, like, stop it, Larry David. My like top pet peeve was like um, racism. Okay, my yep, second pet peeve is actual baseball One was someone who retrieves a foul ball and then it works The next is I caught a foul ball last night. Right. Oh, Ooh. you caught it. I was hit right to you the and you made a great catch on the foot? Did no. you bring a glove? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it bounced. I was in section 244 It bounced in section 240 rolled and I went and got it and I caught a foul. No, you did not catch it You retrieved. <laughs> that's a pet peeve. What but, about huh?
1: adults wearing gloves to games?
3: I, uh, my friend Alex Wolf was at the game with us, and he said, "If you've been Bar Mitzvahed, you can't uh, you can't bring a glove." <laughs> we we could let's, let's start
1: let's start working on this. So, Bar Mitzvahed, no glove. Mm. How do you feel about my rule of no wearing jerseys of anyone you're physically larger than? I can't wear a Colton jersey. Oh, come on, jersey. man! What am
3: no. I gonna
0: do? Get in shape? <laughs> I don't want to wear a Greg Robinson jersey. What the Lions it's got traded? Yeah, that, yeah, I mean,
3: yeah. I, I'd like to maybe put together a,
1: a periodical
3: well, with you. Can, with, uh, yeah. If I can add to this, yes, you may. B- b- another pet peeve of mine, and we'll get to the, the burger in a moment, uh, and then maybe some actual stuff. Is, sure. um, is is the idea of like someone has a jersey? It'll be like um, it'll say like. Like Hornsby and like a number or like or like or some or back when they didn't have names on the back It's like an anachronistic like Ruth, like, Ruth. Yeah, yeah Like yeah. they never said they didn't have their name on never existed. Yeah, but they have like Ruth three on a Yankees jersey That's and like, a good that makes point. me mad while,
0: while we're talking jerseys do you get a chance to go to many slash any games as a fan as opposed to working sure uh, yeah okay he would, gave up the opportunity uh, tonight actually would yeah. you feel <laughs> uncomfortable wearing like a Cardinals jersey me personally yes
3: yeah I mean I, I, I'm i completely neutral in that right. regard like, clearly I, I can't hide from the fact that I grew up in St. Louis right. and you know for a part of my life it was like go cards go but like now as, as the naturally distinguished columnist Quite. for the post-dispatch I, I can't be Rudy. Rudy. I can sure. be Rudy in in flag We can football. carry you off the field. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. be root. Be careful yeah.
1: in that. Ru- the real Rudy spoke at my high school. We wanted to boo him off the stage. It was that Terrible bad. I've heard,
0: I've heard he's not great. I've heard oh, that he man. sort of like played that whole thing up. And I think it was Joe Montana said they carried him off like as a joke, right? and, it becomes, <laughs> and it becomes
1: this.
3: Like, <laughs> If you think about it, I mean, yeah, yeah that would make sense. Yeah, uh, you can imagine them actually watching the movie. Right. And they're like, Oh my God! Well, like, I don't know, a lot of them actually had a big
0: problem because Dan Devine comes off terribly in that movie, yeah. and he was he was not that guy. Like he was a nice guy. He right. like Rudy a lot. Yeah, and they just needed a villain, so poor Dan Devine gets dragged. So
3: before I forget, let me, let me let's talk about my tombstone when I die. Okay. Uh, again, <laughs> beloved aunt. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that episode. And uh, yeah, I guess Angela's husband. Yeah. But then I want my this article. Taped on there? You tape it? Yes, I think so. Can you pin it on there? I you,
1: yeah, you'd have to get some extra. Yeah, let's be cost efficient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's go. Super it needs to be cool. removable. Yeah. yeah, maybe
0: they'll swap
3: it out well, after the They have now laminated. outside of like
0: class. Yeah, laminated outside of classrooms, we like the no plastic sheet where you put the drop it in. That'll we work. Want
1: the, but we want okay, drop it in. But we want authenticity. People right. shaking the yeah. paper out. On all his Oh, people
3: reading it. If of course. Be. So this was uh, again. I would go to different NBA cities mm-hmm. and write the National Burger Adventure about my favorite burger. So um, I went to Charlotte. And I was like, here's my idea. And I went into McDonald's and I pretended as if I'd never heard of McDonald's. And I'm like, oh man, there must be a big Scottish community in in Charlotte. Oh, and <laughs> and I went up to the the women at the front, you know, the the thing, and I was like, so what's good here? And they're like, you know, and and I pretended I the whole thing, and I wrote this whole thing about how I had never been. I found this, I found this gem, uh-huh. this diamond in this rough, this burger place you gotta check out if you're ever in Charlotte. In Charlotte, big, McDonald's, big, <laughs> food, big
1: Food City as well. Too, yeah. like, People are like,
3: oh, what? you didn't go to the okay yeah. so, so I McDonald's. wrote the whole thing about nice. that oh, and I, was, I was like oh the Big Mac <laughs> oh the secret <laughs> sauce oh for
1: Bobcats coverage at the time yes, yes. Yeah, yeah Nuggets like, like, Bobcats yeah they wouldn't they don't even exist anymore right right
3: yeah oh, so anyway that was my favorite thing I ever wrote
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic was it received well
3: Oh yes! Yeah, yeah I mean, I was, I mean, like, nobody got. I hope awesome. people
1: got it. Like, Dick, I, of course,
0: it,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I like an idea a world where a few people didn't get it, though.
0: I do hope there were like one or two letter to the editor Handwritten. writers. Handwritten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handwritten. <laughs>
1: Handwritten. Without without uh, incriminating or alienating, do people still complain readily to your bosses about not maybe your work, but paperwork in general? It's oh. a it's a time honored tradition. Oh, a letter to the editor. Basically complaining and misspelling the words in right, the, right. Yeah
3: complaints happen constantly. And now in a social media era, everybody of every age gets to complain in many different forums, right. And, I don't think complaining has ever been bigger in America. It's a big deal. It is so big. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like remember when Earth Day and Recycling got big in the yeah. early nineties? Captain Planet. Yeah. This yeah. is the exact same with complaining in two thousand and seven <laughs> Well, and this
0: this actually is really interesting to me because at this particular moment in American history, like what, last week you kind of branched out a little further, maybe oh I my think safe to than you usually would. No, was it I mean was it well I'm not, I'm not look, I'm not okay. No, it should not you're be right. extreme to say that Nazis are bad. Right, but but you're you are willing to express that I think more publicly than you it, have in the past at least since been you've been interesting.
3: back. Yeah, like like when I, I I really like to write when I can about social issues, notably. Uh, gay rights and sports LGBT I mean it, I feel like we're gonna look back whatever 50 years from now and be like what the way we look back at the 1950s and and the and the water fountains are like what? yeah so I, I, I try to write about that when I can and in Denver I did it a lot. Uh, so I like to be politically I, I guess, aware aware yeah you know, or just human yeah you know? sure that's but, what i said yeah. so i'm like
1: or we could just all kind of expect people to be normal right, like, right, right yeah
3: so uh the other people always say stick to sports that's that's the line <laughs> stick to sports stick to sports what are you doing kind of yeah and um i tweeted something i mean again nazis The and, and, <laughs> yeah. right, and, not an exaggeration literal nazis yeah and uh i tweeted something about the 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 President and, and and Nazis and and basically, long story long was uh, somebody wrote back like, "Stick to sports. I don't, I don't follow you for politics," and uh, and I'm like. I'm like, all right, all right. Here's the deal. How about this? Uh, I've I've tweeted forty-seven thousand nine hundred ninety-five times. Uh, Four seven of them were about sports. Uh, every time the United States president does something that is somewhat praiseworthy towards Nazis, uh, I'll tweet about it. How's that? that seems reasonable. Yeah, though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So okay. So you've covered like close to a dozen pro teams between three cities, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so in all of those, with with your penchant toward appreciating like a social issues consciousness in sport, have you ever had whether it's front office people, players or whatever, anybody, I guess from either side, either approach you and be like, I read this, I really appreciate
3: that. Or give you the stick to sports without naming names, right? I just well, what's funny is, is the irony of, of this is who do we bash the most in St. Louis media? It's Stan But uh-huh. his son Josh Kroenke was the president of the NBA team, the Denver Nuggets, mm-hmm. and it was just so. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, in a good way. He, he, he was very. He would have been a freshman at Mizzou when you were a senior. Um... F- Flip it. No, we were the same high school age. Josh. Oh, uh, you and Josh were the same age. I was born okay. May fifth, nineteen eighty, I believe. He's May third, nineteen eighty. Wow. Like, yeah, we're right there. That
1: would be a really interesting dynamic. And so, Ellie, yeah.
3: Ellie, Kemper, May second, nineteen eighty. Great. It's a big week. It was big, was. big oh. week for big for uh, week. Missouri, yeah. folks. Um, <laughs> three greats of our state. I put those three on the same yeah, mountain. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, so I interviewed Josh for this piece when when uh, Michael Sam. Came mm-hmm. out, and it was just like this this con- confluence of things in my life and his life because it was oh it was Michael Sam going to the Rams. Okay, so right. we had we had Josh Conkey, former Mizzou athlete, dad owns the Rams. Yep, Josh runs an NBA team. Rams get the gay player, and then uh, and then you have me who went to Mizzou and uh, covering these teams, right. and I'm from St. Louis. And Josh was my point of this. Is that he was very, very open and honest, and how, talking about how cool it was for the Rams to do this, and what is he going to do? Like he's not going to say the opposite. Yeah. But it was he was just so authentic and honest with his quotes. I was like, this is really cool, and it was it was a, a very big column, and because very seldom does a, a team president. Uh, Talk that openly about an issue sure. like that, and and it was really it made for a really cool column. I was really proud of that, and 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 obviously worked out very
1: memorable as well. Yeah, yeah. that's excellent. So, all right. So, in the uh, the grand scheme of things, you're mm, I don't know you've had you've had enough to kind of know exactly who you are, but maybe not enough to look back reflectively at this point. What has and maybe you've already said it. What's been your most uh, exciting piece that you've covered? Within, gosh, all the work that you've done. Do you have one? Oh, you talking about a game or something? Game, like? a, anything? Maybe something jumps out that you wrote. What's sure got you going the most out of your work that you've been able to put out?
3: Um, my goodness. Uh, in so we talk about Hurricane Katrina, which yeah, again, sucked. <laughs> Not good. Not good. Um, the New Orleans Saints. I, I compare Saints and and Cardinals fans a lot. Yeah. Um, the way the the Saints are to that city and the fans, Cardinals are to us here. Sure. And um. So I, I wasn't a columnist. I was, just, I was, I was writing. And uh, 2006, they had their first game back at the Superdome. Uh, the Saints, who were always bad, they'd just gotten Drew Brees and just gotten a new coach. And they just gotten Reggie Bush, and, um, who was supposed to be amazing. And uh, they won their first two games on the road. So they're 2-0. and They're never 2-0. Right. And they're coming back to um, the Superdome. It's it's the first game in the Superdome in New Orleans since Katrina, and if you recall, you know this vision of this, this strong, sturdy building getting hit with the hurricane, and, yeah. and then tons um, of people inside, people inside suffering, people, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like this amazing event that they're they're reopening New Orleans. If you sure, will. here's a symbol of our strength. So it was an emotional day leading up to the game. Oh, and they're playing the Falcons, their their biggest rival. We're at the game, and we're sitting there. The uh, Falcons win the toss. And they get the ball. Michael Vick can't seem to get a first down. Punt. And I'll never forget this like bone chill that that occurred. Um, you know, they, they they snap it for the punt, and Steve Gleason. Yeah. And I and I've gotten to know I'd gotten to know this guy. And yeah, what a what a curveball we're gonna we're gonna get to in a moment. But uh, Steve Gleason was talking about rudy he was you know yeah white, right i hate to say white guy he was a thin guy he had like long hair like super long hair wild like, rock man star. yeah and he was a really good football player and he was and he was he loved new orleans like i hate to say a lot of the athletes that move new orleans they just, just go straight to the suburbs yeah you know but steve gleason like lived in uptown new orleans he'd go like the local bars he'd go to the restaurants you know he'd, 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 he
1: got he'd, in the mix of it yeah yeah you know,
3: i would see him out at like bars that i thought were cool and like he's like and he married a new orleans girl he was just like a dude in new orleans loved the music fantastic he was like the greatest human and so of all the people to do what i'm about to say it was steve gleason they hiked the punt for the snap the punt he comes in and like a superman (laughs) flying forward the hair (gasps) looks like a cape blocks the punt yes the ball bounces teammate picks it up runs it touchdown the Unbelievable. Play, the, never has anything ever been louder, yeah. ever, <laughs> can't than that imagine. stadium. Yeah. And, you know, your, your hair's rising on your. I mean, it was just, it was, was surreal. You couldn't have scripted it better. It goes down
1: in that team's history highlight reel.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they end up winning the game. They end up going to the playoffs for the first time since like 1836 mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. 35. Think, but, oh, yeah, 1835. True. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so it was just an amazing moment. There's now a statue outside of the Superdome of Gleason blocking the punt. That's cool. And I remember interviewing him after the game, mm-hmm. and he's he's getting teary-eyed. And I'm getting teary-eyed, and I'm like, this moment is, like, bigger than all of us. Like, yeah. Steve's like—and he said something like, I blocked that punt for every inch of the stadium, you know? <laughs> every, every,
1: That's crazy yeah. that he was caught— He. Understood the just the size of everything yeah. that he was a part of,
3: and then like I, I saw your face when I brought him up because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's just wildly tragic. Like of all the people, Steve Gleason got ALS, uh, right. Lee Gehrig's disease, and he's he's dying. Yeah, and they've they've done a documentary about him and his his perseverance and all that. But I mean, what, gut uh, I mean, wrenching
1: to watch. As wrenching. Well. I yeah, mean,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: When uh, you were talking about things that Ben had written, the first thing of yours that. I read when you were coming here was the piece that you had written. I guess when you when you were, when you were in Denver about, about McDonald's, you know, yeah, 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 about yeah. That one. no, the, <laughs> the, the the Game Six 2011 piece uh, where you yeah. did your fiance as well, yeah, right? Was yeah, your girlfriend, far, yeah, time, yeah, girlfriend yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you had you had a girlfriend, I guess that, that had passed away suddenly. Yeah, we were out on the road, uh, mm-hmm. and then that piece was all about like your connection between that game and her and your life together. Like that, yeah. that, that. I mean, people in St. Louis, I think, obviously, all have their own story about that game, right? Mm-hmm. And then their spot with that game, but that. From you, I mean, that was fascinating I'm like, and heart wrenching to read. Oh, that. yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to share this story. I mean, uh, I was living with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, you know, the whole everything was supposed to happen. You know, we had a dog, you know, the, the whole thing. And uh, I was on the road covering a basketball game in Cleveland, and, and she passed away unexpectedly, uh, surprisingly, obviously, um, at our home. So she, I my mean, whole world turned upside down. And this was in January of 2011. And, you know, I, I mean, it, you know, you don't wish it on your worst enemy. No, well, sure. maybe on those Nazis. But, yes, but, but, yes. Uh, but you don't wish it on. <laughs> Call back. Yeah, yeah. of yeah. like that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> comedy. That Hawkman he's good at calling back to those Nazis. <laughs> oh, <man. yeah. laughs> um, you know, she was such a she was so cool and and. Uh, and I, I, was like, how can I live my life like for her, like just like seize the day, have some fun. And but it was a tough that first year. It was, I mean, it's still tough. It, Unimaginable. It's, it's Uh So it was 2011 Cardinals season. I'm living in Denver, following the Cardinals from afar. You know, they're ten and a half out on August 25th. Uh, you know, this team stinks. Another crappy year. They haven't been in the playoffs for a few years. And then you know, all these magical weird things started happening. And and then of course there was that famous night where uh, they beat the Astros. Carp pitches his butt off. And then we're just we're watching. And 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 uh, I wish I had had like when we were kids in like 1990, my parents got oh, we weren't even like rich. I don't know how we got this TV, but it was like it was the picture-in-picture TV, yeah. Oh, Magnavox, yeah. and you could watch like you know you could watch Roseanne, right? But then you could have the KPLR <laughs> yes. Cardinal game against the Expos in the in the little box down there, yeah, and. And we're, you know, so we're watching, you know, anyway, I wish we'd had it that night because the, the the Braves are been, playing the Phillies and the, you know, the the Red Sox are playing the Braves. and all Everything stuff. fell into place. Yeah. It and was then, so crazy. And so, the, of course, we know the story. They go to the World Series. I flew in for game six. And uh, I, I, my whole point was I kept like I'm like this is too inexplicable to be happening normally. Yeah. Somebody from above, AKA Aaron, must be stirring this up. She must be, you know, have her hand in this. And then, you know, the the, the David Freeze triple, the David Freeze home run, and then the next night they, they win it all. And and I just remember that that feeling of like I've never been more sad and I've never been more happy simultaneously. So, it was it was crazy.
0: But I mean, this is okay. Maybe this is me projecting weird stuff.
3: Uh, when that. When that happens and you're like out on the road
0: covering a game, the next time you go out. To cover a game is there like an anxiety that comes along with that like
3: is it i mean i don't the, i'll never the, the, go to does cleveland. It feel different okay like i'll never go to cleveland okay again. yeah um i can't do that Okay. But no you're talking about yeah leaving just the, in yeah just in general feeling oh, yeah. of being at a game like
0: in a press box cuz it is sort of it's sort of insular like yeah. i mean you
3: have your, you know you have your twitter in front of
0: you but otherwise right, you're very right, right. just dialed into the game in the game only i mean like is there did, was that a strange feeling for you to be i mean yeah
3: that's a good question i mean no yeah i mean weird emotions are stuck to you, stick with you. You're sure. lathered by them, and and uh, and even like if I if I text Angela, my wife, and and she doesn't text her back right away, I'm not immediately thinking it, but like if if I text her again, I'm like, all right, lady, you have to text quiet get a scar. Text I mean, me back. From, yeah. Like, yeah, and she's amazing about it. And the whole thing, she but, yeah. is, and we'll
1: have to get into that. I Man, I know we got to get you out of here. We got Josh Blue about to come on as well, but nice. you uh, you and Angela have been a f- it's been a blast to watch you guys be excited online, and again too. What? what a unique relationship and then as far as y- you are on Twitter that's like you get paid to put information out there right. and for you to put all this stuff out there it's been a pleasure to see and I'm excited to oh, see thanks, yeah. where you guys go and then what you do being the Larry David of St. Louis I like it
3: uh, she's the Cheryl Hines that's yeah yeah <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> ask if she
0: was Cheryl Hines or if she was, Ju- if she was Julie Louis Dreyfus like which oh, one is yeah. she more Man.
3: oh she's she's more Cheryl Hines she's more Cheryl Hines yeah, <laughs> okay. she's goofy but she's not like, like, like she's Elaine, not Elaine. Elaine was she's kind of nuts she'll put up with life. you fair.
1: she'll put up with you but like let's let's reel it in a little right yeah exactly that's what we need ben thanks for coming by man super fun i really appreciate it absolutely follow ben online at twitter at hockman thanks ben thank you We are live, and we're back with Josh Blue, comedian. He's in town this weekend. He's at Hey Guys Comedy Club. You can check him out over on the Illinois side. And I believe Tim Convy is part of the show as well, friend of our show. That's the 25th and 26th, 8 and 10 p.m. Friday, 7, 9, 15 p.m. Saturday. Again, check it out. Hey Guys Comedy Club. It's 5225 North Illinois, 159 in Fairview Heights, 20 bucks Get tickets online, heyguyscomedy.com, slash tickets. So very excited to have Josh Blue. What's up, man? Good to talk to you.
2: Oh, hey, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Chris Denman, Carly Lawrence, uh, bullshitting with Josh. Uh, Josh, beforehand, we were talking with uh, with Ben Hockman. He's a former columnist in, uh, in Denver, where you're from, I believe, and he he said, "Oh, you're having Josh Blue on. He's super funny." And our friend Nate crackman is the <laughs> is the connector. Uh, yeah. Does that ring a bell?
2: Yeah, Kreckman was a old buddy from the company. Now he's a radio uh, voice for like sports radio.
1: Yeah, that's what we. So so Ben's back here in St. Louis, and he was excited to hear a uh, another Colorado voice was jumping on. So one other thing, and Carly, you're gonna laugh. I get AM the uh, so we interview a lot of comedians and uh, we have such sorry. a good time. Yeah, right. <laughs> we have such a good time. I do a podcast with a guy named Ian Bag. Are you familiar with Ian?
2: Yeah, I know Ian.
1: Yeah, it, whenever Ian hears, I have so we we talk offline, or whatever, and then we do our podcast once a week. He he's very very honest with me if people's acts are good. Ian's a purist, and he's <laughs> and uh, and the first thing he said, Josh Blue, very funny. Have him on. Make sure you have him on. Very funny. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's great. So, awesome. Well, yeah. Believe the hype.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you're coming to. Hey guys, we're excited about that. But uh, also, man, you're you're kicking it. I keep hearing your name more and more. And then obviously, you had a big run on TV. What uh, what's it been like? I guess post um, TV acknowledgement, fame, whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, you know, I won last comic uh can you believe eleven years ago. That's and, insane. Uh, yeah, and it's been all downhill since then, really, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy time flies with that stuff, man, it too. It
2: really does. I'm just glad I'm not a flash in the pan. <laughs> <laughs> as uh as am i uh, as <gasps> this far cripple's far,
1: got some legs man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does it, this far into your career does people still bring up or focus on or i don't even want to say inappropriately you're a fucking ninja as far as uh, repertoire and comedy things like that but As far as uh, people bringing up your disability, or is is that something that you get annoyed with or that you deal with, I guess, is is something that I would get into?
2: I mean, I guess the way I feel about it is like um, I'm always going to be the comic with cerebral palsy. I've tried to change that, but uh, (laughs) the truth is everything I talk about comes from the perspective of a disabled person. Yeah. Um, But I will say that my show... Uh, is definitely not about disability, but again, it does come from the perspective that I've always known, you know? I don't know anything else. I mean, there was a while where I was trying to do my show from a fat black woman point of view. (laughs) But uh, that didn't come across right. Right.
1: (laughs) Ms. Ms. Pat came storming through and and, and just... (laughs) I I think we could revisit that, Josh. Maybe in about five years, you you try that act again. It
2: might work. Yeah, I think so. Just uh, (laughs) just keep eating, I guess. (laughs)
1: Um, I I had noticed this, and of course, you get um, all kinds of different comedic perspectives and and talents. Uh, Mencia, Carlos Mencia, you, you were on his show,
2: correct? Yeah back in the day, that was even before last comment.
1: That's yeah, which is crazy too. He was on top of the world, had a very public dust up with uh, Ari Shafir, Joe Rogan, th- those types. Oh yeah. And and I guess I feel like maybe he's came and I the, the, who knows what the bottom line is, what the guy's made, things like that. I've heard people talk really nicely about him. I feel like Brad Williams talks very positively about him as well. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. then you have other folks, like uh, like we, we mentioned, Ari Shafir, Rogan, that despised him at the time. I don't know what it's like now, but I guess I found that to be interesting that somebody super talented like you worked with him. I didn't realize that. And I wanted to get your opinion, I guess, on his career and, and sure. how he's treated uh, you.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, well, the truth of the matter is he we got hooked up pretty early in my career. So when I was just kind of starting out, I was working at the comedy works, which is in Denver, mm-hmm. which is
1: very popular and, uh, venue. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's one of the top three in the nation, I would say. And you know, he was coming through and a server was just like, Hey, um, uh, and you should see this young kid. He's got some talent. You know, I didn't know any better at the time, you know? So, he threw me up on stage, and when I came off, he's like, you can open for me anytime you want. Interesting. And, right
1: that, and how long had you been doing so, comedy at that point?
2: You know, I had started in college, so I kind of had a, you know, maybe two or three years. Okay, if into you were going to give me
1: that bullshit funny. that you were like, oh, my friends made me go up for open mic, it was my first, I was like, no, nah, Josh, that ain't um, that ain't happening.
2: I actually studied stand-up at the college that I went to. I went to a real <laughs> hippie liberal arts school college that uh let me create my own major and i actually studied stand-up which basically was me renting richard pyre tapes and getting high
3: <laughs> sounds about I right i fucking
2: aced it, I aced it. <laughs> <laughs> which i
1: mean that's kind of most people's college experience anyway <laughs>
2: you just got credits for it
1: right you were smarter than the rest of us so you so he took you under
2: his wing so yeah, and then basically he was coming back through Comedy Works about every six months, and each time he would come back, he'd add two or three shows to the weekend to the point where he was doing eight shows a week at the comedy club, and he'd let me do that. And then from there, he he told me he's getting his own show, and he, he basically said, as soon as I got my show, you were the first one that I thought to put on it. And this is still before any of that come out about stealing jokes. And right. uh, and then um, from there, once he got his own show, he was playing, you know, 3,000-seat venues and letting me perform at any of them. And
0: That's insane. I That's really awesome.
2: attribute a lot of my success to those shows um, because by the time I made it to Last Comic those big venues were already old hat, you know?
1: Yeah. That's uh, great.
2: I felt very comfortable. And then throughout the tour was kind of when that stuff started leaking out about him stealing jokes. And to me, the way I looked at it is, as well, he's always been good to me, and if he starts doing cerebral palsy material, then I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I got you, fucker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that I mean that's it makes sense. I get it, because to you, he's still somebody that did a ton for you. And you again, going up in front of two, three thousand people every night and having to get better, having to, to work out that material, that's a quick rise. And you I mean, you met the challenge, but it would be tough to turn your back on somebody like that. I could completely understand that.
2: Well, yeah. And to me, it's like I I I'm also a purist of the craft. Like, yeah, I hate pop comics and magicians and all that bullshit. I think <laughs> you you and a microphone. You know, that's what it is. And and uh, I uh, definitely do not condone joke thievery. But also, I will plead ignorance in the fact that when you're young and you don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I was just naive to the severity of what he was doing and the other side of it once i did find out because remember he used to be doing like four hour shows yeah he would do like the longest sets ever and i said one day i was like dude listen if you just stuck to your time you wouldn't have to steal material
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was getting greedy on the time yeah. he would go up there
2: right you have enough material of your own you just when you're hitting hour four, you start using other people's shit. <laughs> that's so much
1: time on stage, Josh, man, that's, that's crazy. And I just, uh, yeah, yeah. It, It's an, an interesting part of uh, comedy history that you were part of, I guess you could. Yeah. Say.
2: And again, I, I'll tell you this all throughout last comic, he was very supportive. He was actually in the audience at a couple of my shows. He was there the night that I won I mean, he would come out and, like, stand in line and get in the audience to support me, which is pretty cool for a, a guy of that level, you know?
1: Absolutely. Do that. And you don't always so see So, again,
2: again, I don't condone his joke thievery, but the thing that he's done for me was uh, priceless, frankly.
1: No, that's, <laughs> that's a very uh, true way to put it. So do you have anybody like that that you feel like... Uh, has either and maybe you were just so damn good, Josh, that he noticed that. Do you have anybody that you've taken under your wing that you uh, that you push out there a little bit? I mean, that can be kind of weird bringing openers on the road sometimes. But uh, do you have anybody that's peaked for you or that uh, I don't know has a special spot for you as you watch them? Yeah, grow? there's
2: plenty of guys here. Uh, the, like I said, the Denver comedy scene is is uh, one of the top in the nation. There's a bunch of great comics coming out here, and I've always like, pride myself on bringing really good openers. That I, I mean, I want someone to kill it in front of me. So many other comics like bring a soft open to make them look better. And to me, I want my whole show to look good, and I know that I can raise the bar to whatever I need to. So, um, you know the Grolix guys—the guys that do um, those who can't—a TV show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Like Ben Roy, Adam Kane Holland, Andrew Orvidal.
1: It's on True T V, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's
1: Ben was just talking about that before we <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh that's the okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
2: So yeah, I mean I, I took all those guys on the road with me uh, throughout the years. Um like Andrew Orvidal was one of my main openers and I just uh I just saw their potential and they're such good stand ups and I just feel so proud that they've turned that into a a series. I mean, what are they, in the third third, uh, season, which is amazing.
1: It's insane because just the fact that you can even get a meeting (laughs) to pitch a pilot and then to make it into multiple seasons, now you're talking about something that a very tiny percent of the population has done and done
2: well. Yeah, and I think the show is great, and I I think they're brilliant writers, and, and Former, so I, I like it makes me smile just to like see them succeed like that, and I feel good in knowing that I had a small hand in helping them bloom or whatever.
1: <laughs> you don't have to get really introspective like that, Josh. It's getting a little emotional now, man. That's messed up. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, my smile went away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, good. I've got you where I want you. Let's put a smile back on. Tell me about your kids, man. Do you have uh, how many kids do you have?
2: I got two. My son is nine and my girl is seven, and uh, they just started school yesterday. So I'm kind of basking in the glory of not having to do shit right now. Do they think you're funny? You know, they kind of do. They're, they're not really. They're not big fans of mine. <laughs> Well, it's still, you're like,
1: you're kind of probably always hitting them with like, well, listen, if you were 13, I'd give you the good material, you know, they're not seeing the best you.
2: Oh, I don't pull my punches on them. (laughs) They're just too dumb to get it.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe they could get it figured out. No, that has to be uh, difficult leaving every weekend to tour the country when you've got a, a couple great kids at home to hang out with in Colorado.
2: No, I love it. <laughs> Smart man. I can't wait to get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's good that you're coming to a beautiful Fairview Heights, Illinois slash uh, oh,
2: St. Louis. It was beautiful this
1: time. It's New York of the, York
2: or the Midwest. <laughs> That's
1: right. Yeah, leaving your uh, your your beloved Colorado for uh, for Illinois slash St. Louis. I, I'm sure plenty uh, of people are you- jealous.
2: Leaving legal weed for that shit—it's great, <laughs>
1: right? And which is which I wanted to talk to you about as well. Uh, looks like you par- you partnered with Mountain High Suckers, a, a, a family name here in in Missouri for sure. Uh, but <laughs> you've got your own line of edibles, Josh Blues Dream. Tell me about yeah. it, man. That's okay. So how did this happen? And is this just something that anybody who has half a brain is going to get into in the next five years?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, well, first of all, I've been uh, uh, partaking in the Mountain High Sucker product for years, <laughs> and then I've also uh, been uh, the guys. I met the, the owners, and we hit it off real well. So for for years now, I mean, they were doing this before recreational weed. They were the medical side, and uh, they uh, are really. An amazing company and, and I've done advertising for them and they actually wanted me to buy into their company but ultimately we just decided to put my face on the package because nothing sells weed candy like a cerebral palsy
1: <laughs> personally that's what I look for in, uh, in weed candy you're
2: like well this Lollipop make me look like that guy. Fuck yeah!
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's like hmm. into it. Yeah, there's a there's a giant pink elephant on one. There's a Bob Marley.
2: Oh, oh, this guy comedian. <laughs> yeah, I'm <on> palsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I mean, it's an amazing. I, I love the product. Like um, I wouldn't be a part of it if I didn't really think it worked. And I, um, you know, it's funny too because people always ask me. You know, oh, does weed? make you feel better? Like, does it help your cerebral palsy? I'm like, no, it fucks me up more. I just like getting high. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a, uh, in, in 2017, it's got to feel fantastic to tell people that you've partnered with a legal weed company and you get paid
2: to tell jokes. Yeah, and it, it is. It's a pretty beautiful uh, beautiful make-a-wish. <laughs> <laughs> We and we're proud to be part of that. Job. <laughs> really, yeah. make-a-wish people are really following through with this shit.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm sending. Uh, I'm I'm filling out the paperwork now for our studio time. Uh, this will be covered by a nonprofit. So um,
2: I'm. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Good, good.
1: Yeah, choose between <laughs> between disabled comics or marijuana advocacy. Which other <laughs> one? We can we can go a couple different routes. All right, so it all off. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're pushing through as a parent. Everything working out seems to be going very well for you. Do you want to continue to uh, to grow comedically? Do you want to keep doing more specials? Do you want to get more into acting, or are you just gonna yeah. sit back and eventually be uh, a green tycoon?
2: I'm just gonna cash it all in and live on welfare. So yeah, <laughs> good, good choice. Uh, yeah, man, seems like an easy ride. Um, <laughs> No, you know, what, man. The truth is, I I I was working on my next special, so uh, this will be my fifth hour that I'm working on. That's um, great. So I just feel very like I want to leave my stain on this planet. You know, uh, <laughs> your stain. <laughs> well, you've
1: done a great yeah. job so far. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we need um, you to keep making. And
2: then, obviously, I, I love doing stand up, but I really would love to get into more TV and movies, but uh, it turns out Michael J. Fox is just a much better actor.
1: <laughs> well, you'll get him one day, yeah.
2: Josh. <laughs> just wait it out, I guess. Yeah.
1: Just, oh, yeah. I guess that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to. So, Josh. Well, the,
2: uh, I was just going to say on the acting front, the truth of the matter is, you know, uh, I've been to enough auditions uh, to know that if the role doesn't call for somebody with cerebral palsy, well, then I'm probably not getting a fucking gig. You know? <laughs> Do you think that's bullshit? You know, it, it it makes sense to a point, but I just wish these casting directors that take a chance. You mean you're getting cast as the high school jock in the teen movies these days? No, I don't get
1: it. Yeah, I think that's get messed it. up. I'll put in a, a good word with some... Uh,
2: I'll call Disney.
1: Yeah, <laughs> some, we know people. Josh.
2: Oh please! Well, I'm looking forward to
1: that call. We'll be sure to do that. Oh man, Josh, it's been a pleasure. We're excited. I know our so our buddy Tim Convy is either featuring or opening for you. He's very funny and a very nice guy and uh, a friend of our show. So it's going to be a great show. I'll believe
2: it when I see it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe I shouldn't put the stamp on it yet and be like, "So what'd you think about Tim, Josh?" (laughs) He's a piece of shit. I think he'll, uh, he'll. He'll make you happy, he's a great dude. So, you guys awesome. again all weekend, we'll you very uh, happy. Friday, Saturday, 8 and 10 p.m. Friday, and then 7 and 9 15 Saturday. At hey guys, comedy over in Fairview Heights. It's a great place to go, Carly. You've done uh, a couple sets yeah. over there, yeah. Yep, it's open a good time
2: for people.
1: <laughs> People and stuff. will stop
2: by. I'll give you a guess at. Oh, hmm.
1: man, look at that, Carly! An offer from Josh That's Blue. Okay. She'll be she'll be sniffing around in that uh, Josh Blue's dream if you don't watch
2: her. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but all right. <laughs> well, you'll find out this yeah. Friday and Saturday. <laughs>
1: Josh, uh, I really appreciate you calling in, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna come stop by and say hey over the weekend. Yeah, it'll be do. great to meet you. And uh, and thanks to Amy for setting this up. So thanks again. Again, buddy,
2: my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely, Josh Blue. Jonah, we are live.
0: We're now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.